Thanks, guys. Y'all can be seated. It is a great pleasure and privilege to be with you this evening. See a number of our friends and fellow ministers appreciate your effort to, to drive and do these kind of things to be. And the Bible says those that hunger and thirst, they'll be filled. They won't be disappointed. And so we're, uh, we'll have just what the Lord would say and do tonight. We're not here by accident, you and I, but we're here by divine appointment. You believe that? I do. He orders our steps. He directs our goings. If you would turn with me to the gospel account of John, the second chapter, John and the second chapter, and uh, before we go further into the Word, let me mention that we brought materials, um, CDs, DVDs, music tapes, those kind of things, uh, and they'll be available to you after the service at no charge uh, because of the goodness of the Lord and our word senders faithfulness. How many word senders we got in here? Okay, a number of folks. That blesses me greatly. We get a constant stream of testimonies into the ministry every day from all over the world because, you know, the Internet goes everywhere. And there are people, you know, that we a constant stream and, and every day. And, and things, they're saying similar things like this, that, you know, man, the Word of God set me free. Uh, this one guy gave this testimony about how he had been into some perversion and sin for decades and how he got a hold of some things in the Word of God. He thought he was just messed up and nobody could understand him and he was different from everybody. And the Word of God got in him and he got faith and he got free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listening to those materials, and he said that, you know, he, could, he didn't have any money to get it. Glory to God. Isn't it wonderful that we can be a part of things like this? So uh, the word is going forth. Hallelujah. And so that, that'll be available to you after the service. If you would, just take like one item per person. That way it'll go further. If you want something else, contact the ministry. Go online on the website. You can download everything we got won't cost you a, a penny. And like we say around the Branson Church, uh, no charge means no excuse. <laughs> no excuse for not knowing it, Amen. not have. You can't say I couldn't afford it, right? Amen. That's why I didn't find out. No, no, take advantage of that. We want you to take advantage of it. Don't, don't mind spending the money. You're more important than the money. And the Lord's providing the money. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it's just not a problem. Did you find John 2? In John 2, if you weren't with us last night, uh, we already covered a lot of ground that this tonight will be built upon, so encourage you to get the last night's message. But we'll review just a little bit. In John 2 is the account of the beginning of miracles in the Master's ministry. The turning of the water into wine. And the scripture said that uh, Jesus' mother told him that they were out of wine and he didn't initially respond to do anything about it. But she just turned, and what is it, verse uh, 5 or so? She just turned in verse 5, and what did she say to the, the servants that were there? 
Whatsoever he says to you, do it. Say it out loud with me. Whatever he says, do it. Say it again with me. Whatever he says, do it. One more time. Whatever he says, do it. Now, just right after this, he turned and said to them, go fill the water pots with water. And they did. Filled them up to the brim. Then he said, all right, take it and bear it to the governor of the feast. And when he did, the governor of the feast realized that it was wine and the best wine that they had had. And the guys, I'm sure their mouth fell open because they knew it was H2O they put in there. <laughs> right? And this is a miracle. Amen. The Bible said this beginning of miracles he did there in Cana of Galilee. And so it, we talked about this last night. If, if water can change into something completely different by the power of God, then a lot of other things can happen by the power of God. A diseased liver can become a healthy, clean liver. If water can turn into wine, are you with me, friends? By the power of God, diseased blood can become clean and healthy blood. A diseased, congested heart can become a clean, clear, healthy heart. Right? Impoverished and in debt can become paid off and in good shape and abundance by the power of God. If you believe in God truly, then you believe in miracles. Because He has always been the God of miracles. And here we see, it's so simple a three-year-old could understand it. The key to having amazing miracles. What is it? Help me out. What is it? Whatever he says to you, just do it. And they did what he told them to do. And they had something change on an atomic molecular level by the power of God into something that it was not. If that's true and it's so simple. What's the problem? What's the hindrance? Why isn't everybody everywhere just doing what he said and having miracles? Something's hindering. Something's in the way. And we began talking about this last night. Go with me, if you would, to 2 Corinthians, the 6th chapter. We had introduced and said last night that these truths reveal... How to become crystal clear in hearing the voice of the Lord. There are so many that are dull in their hearing and confused. And one of the big reasons why everybody's not just hearing what the Lord said and doing it is because you got Christians everywhere that are, I mean, you got a lot of folks, if you said, I heard from the Lord, they don't like it. They go, Huh, imagine. He imagines he heard from God. <laughs> people say, that bothers me. All these people talking about the Lord said. The Lord said. The Lord said. Another fellow spoke up and said, it's all these people that never hear from God that bothers me. <laughs> and obviously there have been some folks that said God said and God didn't say. That's, that's obvious. 
but it doesn't do away with the real that he speaks. He has always spoken. This book is full of him speaking. Isn't it? The word of the Lord came to them. Right? To Moses, to Abraham, to David, Elijah, all the prophets. The list goes on into the New Testament. The Holy Ghost is directing them and, and saying, don't do this and do this. They're hearing from him. Aren't they? Do we have the same Holy Spirit? We got the same new birth? We're a part of the same church? Why shouldn't we be hearing from him just like they heard from him? What would have changed? No, we're supposed to be. And the Bible said in Romans 8 that as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Sons of God ought to be led by the Spirit of God. And he went on to say the Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit that we're the children of God. Well, that means the Spirit of God lets you know, communicates to you that you are born again. You are a child of God. Well, if he can let you know you're a child of God, he could let you know something else. Couldn't he? If he communicates to you, if you can hear from him that, why couldn't you hear other things? You can. You can. But there are many, many Christians that are confused about this. And when something comes up, the, the idea of hearing from God seems foreign to them. And they think, well, I must not be spiritual enough. Or if something comes up, they wonder, well, is that the Lord? Or is that just me? Or, or I don't know. And if you're not clear about it being Him, you're not going to be bold to step out to do it. And if you're not bold to step out to do it, you're not going to have the miracle. And the enemy is at work all around to keep us confused and to keep us unclear about what's him and what's not him, the might God. So to keep us without confidence and without boldness to act. Because faith without works, faith without bold action is dead. And dead faith produces no miracles, receives no healings, gets no bills paid. It's only living faith that boldly steps out and acts on what the Lord told you to do. Can you say amen? amen. That's who gets miracles. I mean, over and over, if you read the gospel accounts, you'll see miracles. You see people being healed. You see people being delivered. You see the dead being raised. You see the loaves and fishes multiplied. You see all kind of amazing things. And that's not just for Jesus to do. Because near the end of his ministry, what did he say? You remember in John 14? He said, he that believes on me. Do you believe on him? He said, he that believes on me, the works I do, shall he do also. Did he say it? The works I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. Do you believe this? Then we're supposed to be seeing the same kind of things in the church, in our lives, that we saw in the ministry of Jesus, Amen. recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Yeah. Aren't we? Yeah. It's the truth. That's right. But you never see Jesus, any indication of him being unclear. <laughs> you never see him coming to the disciples and go, y'all pray. I, I felt like maybe we should go over here today, but I'm not clear on it. I'm, hmm? <laughs> 
It seemed like maybe we should do this, but I just, you know, I, I don't know. Y'all pray and let, let's see. No, he was always crystal clear. He would say, I've got to go over here. We must do this. He was always knowing. And, and when you see that and you read that, people think, well, yeah, but Brother Keith, that was Jesus. And see, that's implying that he's operating as God in the earth. And that's not how he operated. The Bible said he laid aside his mighty weight and power and glory and became a man. If he became a man and he operated like a man, then he had operated with no unfair advantage over you and me. And if he did, if he did what he did as God with the power of omniscience and omnipotence, how in the world could we believe we could do the works he did? We couldn't believe that. I'm not God. I'm not omniscient. I'm not omnipotent. If he did it as God, there's no way I can do the works he did. But if he did it as a man, anointed with the Holy Spirit, and he would anoint us with that same spirit. Come on, are you listening? We see the glorious possibility of seeing the same works, the same kinds of amazing miracles. In our lives that we saw in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. The book of Acts still being written. We're part of that same church. Can you say glory to God? In 2 Corinthians, the 6th chapter. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14. You're believing with me, right? 2 Corinthians 6 and 14 says, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion has light with darkness? What concord has Christ with Belial? The answer to these questions is none, none, none. Or what part has he that believes with an infidel? None. What agreement has the temple of God with idols? None. For you are the temple of the living God. That means the living God lives in me. Temple, the house where God dwells. Somebody say it out loud. God lives in me. We must become more God inside minded. More God inside aware. Instead of trying to think about God being far off, you know, and trying to call God down from heaven to get him to do something, he's a lot closer. Amen. I said he's a lot closer. <laughs> That's not just my idea. That's the Bible. Back up to Romans. Hold your place right there and back up to Romans 10. Romans 10, verse 6. It says, the righteousness which is of faith speaks on this wise. Say not in your heart. What does say not mean? Don't say this. <laughs> who shall ascend into heaven to bring Christ down from above? Or don't say who will descend into the deep to bring him up again from the dead. But what says it? The word is near, close, close to you. Even in your mouth and in your heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. A miracle is as close as your heart and your mouth. Anybody know where your heart is? Anybody know where your mouth is? 
That's how close your miracle is. <laughs> Believing in your heart. Saying with your mouth. I mean, most everybody's familiar with that next verse. If you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Yeah. Well, is being saved a miracle? Yeah. A little miracle? Yeah. It's a huge miracle. I said it's a huge miracle. Yeah. It's a bigger miracle than water being turned into wine. Yeah. Your spirit has become something completely different. Come on, are you listening to me? When you're born again, your spirit was not healed. Your spirit was not fixed. Your spirit was not restored. Your spirit was recreated. Became a new creation and all things are passed away and all things have become new are you listening to me why am I saying that because the devil will come and tell you you don't know enough you're not spiritual enough you don't have enough faith you don't know how to hear from God to have a miracle like a healing or to have a big financial miracle that pay off your house you don't have enough faith for that kind of thing you've already believed for the recreation of an eternal spirit. You've already believed for that when you were dumber than you are now. Huh? Much. Yes, you can believe for it. Say it out loud, I can believe for it. I can have it. Yes, you can. In 2 Corinthians 6, go back there. He said, verse 16, you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Say it again. He's in me. He's in me. He's in me. How close is he? He's right here. He's right here. He's in me. What's the key to miracles? Whatever he says to you, do it. How can I hear from him? Hmm? Where do I have to go? To hear from him. Hmm? How long do I have to pray to get him to come down from heaven and talk to me? Huh? Where do I have to go to where I could? The key to miracles is, is doing whatever he said. But before I can do what he said, I got to hear what he said. How can I hear him? Where can I go? What can I do to hear him? He's right here. Somebody say, right here. Right here. He's right here. Yeah, he He's right here. Yeah. Let me submit something to you very profound. You're already hearing him. Amen. The question is, do you recognize him Amen. when he speaks? Amen. Are y'all with me, friends? Yeah. 
uh, hold your place there, put a marker or something. Go back to the book of John and the uh, 14th chapter. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, the Lord helped us so much last night. I mean, I was saying things I didn't know. I was learning while I'm preaching. And, it, and, it, and we, I can already tell we're headed that way again tonight. I'm telling you, saints, are you believing with me? Now, don't get your eyes on me. I can't do it. But he can do it. He can do it through me. I'm believing. You believing, right? John 14. John 14. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And verse 5, uh, well, verse 4, he said, where I go, you know. And the way you know, you know where I'm going and you know how to get there. Amen. And Thomas said, Lord... We don't know where you're going. <laughs> and so how could we know how to get there? And we don't know where you're going. Let me uh, stop right here and interject something. If the Lord tells you that you know where he's going and how to get there, <laughs> don't tell him that you don't know. <laughs> That's walking by sight. Faith would say, if he says, I know, I know. <laughs> if he says, I can do it, I can do it. Oh, is somebody with me now? Don't tell the Lord. Don't disagree with him. Don't argue with him. Because you will never win. <laughs> never. Anytime he says something and you say the opposite of it, it's never going to work out that he's wrong and you're right. Never. 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 Now, I know that should be obvious and it's so simple, but you've got people all over the world. The Lord tells them things and they go, well, I, I know, Lord, but I can't. He said, yeah, but you do it. I can't. I don't know how. If he says you know how, you just got a revelation. I know more than I thought I did. <laughs> Always agree with him. Let me go over again real slow. Everybody say it out loud. Always agree with him. If he says you know it, he's right. That means you know something you didn't know you knew. <laughs> you didn't realize you knew it. But if he said you know it, then you do. Keep reading. <laughs> Thomas said, Lord, we know not where you're going. That's a direct contradiction to what he just told you, isn't it? We don't know where you're going, and how can we know how to get there? The way. Jesus said, I am the way. Do you mind if I 
put a little Keith Moore paraphrase on some of this. Jesus said, I am the way. Do you know me? <laughs> huh? I am the way. Do you know me? I am the truth. I am the life. And no man can come to the Father but by me. Keep reading. If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth, you know him and you have seen him. Now, it's another opportunity for faith. Isn't it? What did the Lord tell him? From now on, you know him. And you have seen him. Huh? So what did Philip say? Verse 8. So Philip said, Lord, show us the Father. <laughs> we, we really want to see him. <laughs> and if you could just show him to us, we'd be satisfied. <laughs> no wonder the Lord said, how long will I put up with you? <laughs> Remember he shook his head out there that day. How long? Am I going to be with you and put up with you? Why? Because that would get irritated. <laughs> if every time you told somebody something, they just turn right around and act like you didn't say it. <laughs> huh? And the Lord says, this is it. And they said, we want to see it. <laughs> Now, don't laugh too hard. <laughs> Unless you don't mind laughing at yourself. <laughs> Jesus said, From henceforth you know him, and you have seen him. And Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father. It suffices. Jesus said to him, have I been all this time with you? And you're going to stand there and tell me you don't know who I am? <laughs> huh? Philip? You're going to stand there and tell me you don't know me? He that has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you saying, show us the Father? You have already seen the Father. Oh, friends, this is a great revelation. This is a great revelation. Did Had they seen more than they realized? Did they know more than they were aware of? But they weren't identifying it. They weren't recognizing it. Oh, friends, Brother Hagin Sr. said uh, oftentimes if you heard his ministry much, he'd say many are seeking after the spectacular and they're missing the supernatural. There is supernatural that is spectacular. But there's a whole lot of supernatural that's not spectacular. And yet it is every bit God. Amen. 
It's Him. And it's as real and right and God as can be. But it doesn't start off with a drum roll and a spotlight. It can come so naturally just like a thought. Did you hear me, friends? Right up out of your spirit and a thought to you. And it can be the Lord saying something specifically to you. And it wouldn't be any more him if you saw the master appear in front of you and heard it with your ears. But so many, unless it's something spectacular, then they don't uh, acknowledge that it's God. And here's individuals that have lived with Jesus. Right? They've been with him for three plus years. And yet, they do, they do not fathom, they do not realize what they have seen and what they have heard. Because the more natural you are, all you notice is the natural. When, you, when you're just fleshly and carnal and flesh and feeling and sight and sense ruled, there, there's God all around you and you don't see it. There's answers, there's revelation, there's healing, there's power, but you're oblivious to it. And, and that's why people are begging for it. Oh, please, God, please, God, please. One reason I know, I did it. As a young Christian, I did it. I knew that God had a, a, a call on my life. I didn't know what for. I didn't know that it was speaking in ministry. I was going down another path. But he began to get my attention enough that I knew something. He's got a plan for me. He's got something that I'm supposed to be doing. And, and I didn't know what it was. And, and so I began to pray. And all I knew to do was beg. God, please, show me. What is it? Show me. And so, I mean, he'd get me out of bed in the middle of the night. And I'd go outside. And, and I'm looking up into the night sky. And I'm wanting to see something. I'm wanting to hear something. I'm wanting to feel something. I did this for months. Begging and pleading. I did this and getting filled with the Holy Spirit. I, uh, I grew up in a Pentecostal group. And we believed in being filled with the Spirit, but we didn't believe in receiving by faith. We believed in tarrying. And I told people, you know, right and left, I said, well, you know, I, if you see me speak in tongues, it won't be me. <laughs> Which is the wrong thing to say and believe, but I didn't know that. And man, I'd, I, when we'd have meetings, I'd go up to the altar to tarry. And sometimes I'd start tarrying at 9, 9.30, and I'd still be tarrying 2 in the morning. Sincere, but sincerely wrong. And I remember one night, I was up there seeking the Lord. And man, the presence of God was strong, strong. And, and man, the presence of God was so strong on me, I'm, I'm draped, uh, drooped literally over the altar. And I, I don't feel like I can hardly lift myself up. And the men were gathered around me, and I heard ka-plump, ka-plump, 
Kaplump. I turned my head and all the guys were fell out under the power all around me. And I continued to beg, please fill me with the Holy Ghost. Please, God, give me the Holy Ghost. Didn't have enough sense to realize he's all over me going, hey, it's me. Here I am. Hey, it's me. And I'm still hollering, oh, God, give me the Holy Ghost. Isn't that similar to what they were saying? Lord, show us. He said, you've seen. You know. They said, we don't know. (laughs) He said, yes, you do. We have seen and we are seeing more than we've acknowledged. And we know more than we've been aware of. God is not hiding from us. I said, he's not hiding from us. He's not hiding his plan from us. He's not hiding his will or his word. No, he's not. I'm telling you, there's all kind of stuff right in front of us. There's all kind of things we've already seen. All we got to do is make the connection that this is him. This is God. Somebody say glory to God. God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He said, he that has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you saying, show us the Father? They, They were seeing so much that they weren't acknowledging. They were aware. Now, you and I are spirit beings, and spirit beings feed on vision. It's one reason TV has become so popular. Spirit beings feed on vision. And there is natural seeing, and there is spirit seeing. How many remember 2 Corinthians 4.18? For we look not. At the things that are seen, but, in other words, but we do look at the things that are not seen. How do you look at things not seen? By faith. But there is much more to see than what folks have been looking at. In the, uh, go back with me to 2 Corinthians. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Lord. Thanks be unto God. While you're in John, before we do that, go to the seventh chapter, please. John 7. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. John 7. 
And down about verse uh, 15. The Jews marveled and they said concerning Jesus, How knows this man letters, having never learned? How does he speak like this? You've never been to seminary. He has no degrees. And yet listen to him speak. Where did he get this? Where did he learn this? How does he speak like this? And verse 16, Jesus said, you got to burn the midnight oil. While others were playing, I was praying. (laughs) Uh Uh-uh. No. 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 Because the truth is, you can study till you lose your vision and faint and fall out your desk chair and get nothing that's worth saying or doing. Oh, you can come up with some stuff. (laughs) but it'll be dead and empty and just men's reasoning and no life in it no power in it you can pray and pray and pray and push and pray and push unless the spirit of God reaches inside you and turns the light on you won't see anything and yeah you ought to study and yeah you ought to seek him To just open yourself up and give him an opportunity to do it. But have enough sense that when you see something, don't be so foolish as to give the credit to your study. Or to your prayer. Do you know Jesus never took credit for one message that he ever preached? He never took credit for one healing or miracle that happened in his ministry? Not one. Listen to the next verse. What did he say to him? Jesus answered and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. He said, I didn't come up with this. The one that sent me gave it to me. Glory to God. He said repeatedly, I only say what I hear him say. And I only do what I see him do. Now, friend, are y'all with me? Are you awake? Did he have miracles in his life and in his ministry? Why? Because whatever he heard, he did it. Whatever he saw, he walked it out boldly. He was never confused about, is this God? Is this really God? Should I really do it? When every day of his life, from the time he opened his eyes to the time he laid his head down at night, he heard, he saw, he knew, he did. And things happened, brother. Things happened. Can you say amen? Amen. And you and I can walk the same way. The same. It's available to us. I said it's available to us. So why are so many confused? Why, is, why are there so many problems? We got into it last night. We'll continue further. But this next verse gives some revelation. <clears throat> he said, My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. If any man will do his will, 
he shall know. Say it out loud. He shall know. We, we, we've been talking about seeing. We've been talking about knowing. He shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. Isn't that exactly what we're talking about? Whether it's God or whether it's a man, whether it's from God or whether it's coming from some other source. And here he gives a key. If any man will do his will, other translations bring out, if anyone is willing to do his will or wills to do his will. Willingness is a condition of heart that makes you receptive and allows you to identify what God's already given. God is giving, He's speaking. He is speaking all over this world. He's speaking to lost people. And certainly he's speaking to his own. The problem is not trying to get God to speak. The problem is not trying to get God to show you something. If that's true, then why are so many bombarding the gates of heaven trying to get God to speak to them? Trying to get God to show them something. It's like trying to pick up an FM station on an AM band. <laughs> it just doesn't work. Hmm? If you want to pick up an FM station, but you got your receiver on the AM band, it's going to, be, it's going to frustrate you. Isn't it? And you can try to do all kind of things to fix it. But you're only going to get more frustration. You can say, what we need is more power. We need more power. And you can take your car to the shop and say, put me some amps in this thing. We need power. I need a bigger antenna. Put me some amps in the doors. Put me some amps behind the seats. Put, it, put some amps in the trunk. I want amps. And brother, you can have so many watts and you can have it cranked. It'll sound like you're frying bacon four blocks away. <laughs> but you are not going to pick up the FM station on the AM band. <laughs> you're not. What you can say is, I need to get closer to the station. That's what I need. And you can take your car and you can pull it up and put the bumper up against the building of the radio station. And you can turn all your amps on and you can crank it to where it's sizzling. You can hear it all over. And you ain't picking up. So when I see the station, it's right there. I'm touching the station. Why can't I get it? Why can't I hear it? I'll tell you what's wrong. They're not broadcasting anything. Uh, FM stations are not for this dispensation. <laughs> All that's passed away. 
You know, the apostles could pick up FM stations. <laughs> but we can't nowadays. <laughs> no. But if somebody could help you <laughs> to just reach up <laughs> and change bands. You're going to have a thousand watts of crystal clear. <laughs> huh? Stereo. You can pick up the plan on the willing band. <laughs> I said you can pick up the plan on the willing band. That's where you can pick it up. You can pick it, you can get it loud and clear. I know some years ago, uh, Phyllis and I are having some challenges in our finances. This went on month after month, month after month. I had prayed, sought the Lord about it, and it just got worse. Stayed the same, got worse. Month after month, month after month. Month after month. Man, I, 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 over months, I prayed numerous times. Lord, show me what, what's going on here. What do I need to do? And uh, during the same time, the Lord was dealing with me about some things about ministry. Some changes. And one of them had to do with me going out on the weekends and speaking at other churches. And I say the Lord dealt with me, but I wouldn't have said that then. The thought had come to me. You say it like that. And I was really busy. I mean, I was speaking multiple times during the week. And, and I just thought I had enough going on. And that I didn't need to go out on the weekends. <laughs> what are you laughing about? Now, like we talked about last night, if you don't want something to be the Lord, you can, if, you're, if you don't want to hear it, if you're unwilling to do it, then you're open to hearing other suggestions. And actually, you want to hear other interpretations. If you don't want something to be the Lord, then the enemy is ready to come give you some other alternatives. He knows that. The least bit of rebellion and unwillingness is like a beacon call to the devil saying, come tell me some lies. I want to hear some lies because I don't like this truth. If you don't want the truth, what else is there to believe? If you don't want the truth, there's nothing else to, to believe but lies. And if you don't want it to be the Lord, because if you acknowledge this is God, what is there left to do now? <laughs> Either just be blatantly rebellious and go, I know it's God, but I ain't going to do it. I don't care what God wants. I'm not doing it. Most people wouldn't say that. 
So you play games, which is what I did. And it'd come up to me, and I'd think, whew, what is that? <laughs> go out on the weekends? Nah. I don't know. Go out on the weekends. And so you try to tell yourself, that's not the Lord. We don't know what that is. That's just a thought that came from somewhere. <laughs> but here's the problem. If I say this is not the Lord, then tomorrow I need to hear from him about something else. And he tries to talk to me about it. Well, this is the same spirit I said yesterday wasn't the Lord. Who is he today? So I've confused myself. Are you with me, friends? Look over in, uh, let's see, Titus, the first chapter. Titus chapter 1. And verse 15. We, we went over this last night, but I, I need to go over it again, I can tell. Well, hold your place in um, Hebrews as well. Hold your place here and, and go to Hebrews. We can turn from one to the other. Twelfth uh, chapter and fourteenth verse. We'll read this, then we'll read Hebrews. Go from one to the other. Titus 1.15 in the Amplified. Titus 1.15. Can we look at that first? In the Amplified. It says, to the pure in heart and conscience. Everybody say conscience. All things are pure. But to the defiled and corrupt and unbelieving Nothing is pure. Their very minds and consciences are defiled and polluted. Their consciences are defiled. Now the word defiled has to do with being in association and contact with all kind of stuff. And the result is being soiled and contaminated. And the word is literally besmeared. Besmeared. What happens when you smear a surface with something dirty? If it was clear, it's not anymore. If you could see through it, you can't now. Are y'all with me, friends? He said, the, the minds and consciences are defiled and polluted. Now, with that in mind, look at the Hebrews 12 and 14. It says, follow peace with all men and holiness, follow holiness, without which no, no one, no man, shall see the Lord. What's the key to seeing the Lord? Holiness. Holiness. 
Holiness is the opposite of defiled. Holiness is clean. Clean means clear. Dirty means dull. It's obscuring going on here. The scripture said, Jesus said, in Matthew 5, 8, Blessed are the pure, the clean in heart, for they shall see God. They will see God. A lot of folk have heard that, and in their minds, they, they made it read, they will go to heaven. That's not what he said. He said they will see God. Holiness is key to seeing clearly. Are you with me, friends? And so many have not wanted to hear about it or thought it was negative or thought it was impossible. And so they've avoided teachings on holiness, not even really knowing what it is or what it means. Like Brother Hagin used to say, holiness is Christ-likeness. Holiness is being like Him. Being clean. And when the conscience is defiled, you don't see. But when the conscience is clear, you do see. Said out loud, conscience defiled, don't see. Conscience clear, can see. Hallelujah. Go with me to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians and the 8th chapter. They wrote, the churches, church at Corinth, other places, wrote to Paul and asked him some questions. They were having some issues, probably some arguments, disagreements. They asked him about getting married. They asked him about uh, eating food that was offered to idols. They asked him about several things. And it's interesting to note in this eighth chapter, they basically they're asking him, is it right or wrong to eat this food that comes out of these idols' temples? They're looking for a yes, it's right, no, it's wrong. He didn't give them that. He began to talk to them about their conscience. I said he began to talk to them about their conscience. And here, let's read it in 1 Corinthians 8 and 7. In the Amplified. 1 Corinthians 8 and 7. He says, nevertheless, not all believers possess this knowledge. Now, the knowledge he was talking about is that there is no other God except our God. There's a lot of things that are called God, but they're not. They're nothing. There's only one God and Father of our Lord Jesus. But he said, not everybody knows that. Not everybody sees that. Not all possess that knowledge, but some, through being all their lives till now accustomed to thinking of idols as real and living, they still consider the food offered to the idol as that sacrifice to an actual God. 
and their weak consciences become defiled and injured if they eat it. The NCV, the New Century, says their conscience is weak, and when they eat it, they feel guilty. You see, the King James uses the word condemned, where we'd probably use the word guilty. Go to the book of Romans, please. I know I'm giving you some scripture, but I, I think this is the way to go right now. Romans 14, please. Romans 14. And verse 22. Again, I'm reading the Amplified. Romans 14 and 22. He said, you may believe there's nothing wrong with what you're doing. But keep it between yourself and God. <laughs> Blessed are those who don't feel guilty for doing something they have decided is right. Don't feel guilty. But the man who has doubts, misgivings, an uneasy conscience about eating and then eats, perhaps because of you, this is the Amplified, Romans 14, 23, he stands condemned before God because he's not true to his convictions and he does not act from faith. For whatever does not originate and proceed from faith is sin. Whatever is done without a conviction of its approval by God is sinful. The New Living says, If you have doubts about whether or not you should eat something, you are sinning if you go ahead and do it. People talk about gray areas. Gray areas don't exist. I'm saying, well, sure they do, brother. No. Mm -mm. If it's gray to you, you can't do it without sinning. Are y'all with me, friends? He said, if you have doubts about whether or not you should eat something or do something, you're sinning if you go ahead and do it. For you're not following your convictions. If you do anything and you believe it's not right, you are sinning. We, look, we looked at this uh, last night, but let's look at it again. Go to James, the fourth chapter. My shoe came untied. Please stand by. <laughs> Experiencing technical difficulties. <laughs> there we go. James 4 and 17, what does it say? Therefore, to him that knows to do good, and what? Does it not, to him, it is said. Why would it say to him? Why wouldn't it just say it's sin? Like we were talking about this last night. There are denominations that have whole lists of this is a sin, this is not a sin, this is a sin that's okay, not too bad, this is a sin that will send you straight to hell. 
And these sins get modified and changed throughout the decades and centuries. <laughs> but no, the scripture says where there's no transgression, there's no sin. And where there's no law, Romans talks about, there's no light. Sin is violation of light. And when you see something and you violate that light, you override your conscience, you defile your conscience, you besmear it, you dull it. And if you do that, now you've confused yourself about what's God and what's not God. And if you're unwilling to do something, and you ignore what the Lord said, and, and ignore your conscience, and override your conscience, then you've confused yourself about what's the voice of God, and the more you ignore, the worse it gets. I ignored for a while. That thing, the Lord dealing with me about going out and traveling. You remember that? And I just, I was just going to ignore it. <laughs> and month after month went by. Once in a while, it'd come up to me, and I'd think, well, there that is again. Uh, what is that? Well, we don't know what that is. Because if I acknowledge it's God, it means more work. Right? It means I, I got to change my life. <laughs> but tell me what's the key to miracles? <laughs> this went on for months. So, one day I came in after... School there at Rama teaching, and, and I came, sit down in the chair, and just got quiet. Nobody was there in the house but me. I just sat there for a moment, got quiet. And this thing came up to me again. I don't mean I heard a voice, but this thing about me going out and speaking on the weekends, traveling, going to other churches. I had had several invitations, and I wasn't receiving them. Because <laughs> I was speaking a lot. I was, I was working a lot during the week, and... And I just didn't figure that was a good idea, you know. And it came up to me again, and I stopped. I had something in my hand. I laid it down. I said, Lord, forgive me. That's you. I know that's you. Forgive me. If you want me to do that, I don't know how. I can do it without wearing myself out. I don't know how. But if you want me to do it, I'll do it. I'll do it. And, and not gripe about it. I'll do it gladly. And I mean, I hadn't got through saying that until the Spirit of God spoke to my heart and said, now I'm going to talk to you about your finances. I had no idea they were connected. Are y'all with me, friends? That my procrastination and unwillingness in this area had put me on the AM band. Where I couldn't pick up the plan. Oh, come on, friends. Are y'all listening to me? 
unwillingness makes you unreceptive. Unwillingness puts you in the wrong place in your heart and mind where you don't see and you don't know. If you refuse his correction, you also, without meaning to, refused his direction. If you want the direction, you've got to receive the correction. It's a package deal. <laughs> Come on, are y'all with me, friends? And what happens is when a person is born again, their spirit is clean. How many know the blood of the Lamb does the perfect job? I mean, He doesn't leave one spot. When you're born again, anybody's born again, He cleanses you completely. And that includes your conscience. Hebrews goes into detail talking about how the blood of animals was unable to cleanse a conscience. There's nothing in the universe that can cleanse a conscience except the blood of Jesus. But the blood of the Lamb can and does. So when you're born again, your spirit wasn't just healed, wasn't just restored. It was recreated. Hallelujah. Into a child of the Most High God. Now, it doesn't appear what you are yet, 1 John says. Why? Because you're such a baby. And we all, I mean, when a baby's born, even if that baby's going to be a world leader, you don't see it. Hmm? You see crying, thumb sucking, and dirty diapers. But it could be somebody changing the world. Right? But as long as this, this person, this being is undeveloped, you don't see that. And for we need to think more eternal in our scope. It would help us tremendously. How many have been in the Word and walking with the Lord for 10 years? Or 15 or 20? Let me see you. How many would say you are a different person now? than you were 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Why are you a different person? The Word of God feeding you, putting faith in you, changing the way you think, renewing your mind, right? The Spirit of God working you. That's just 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years. What if you continued that for another 10,000 years? You know how much you've changed in the last 10, 20, 30. What about another 30,000? And what if the pace of development multiplied numerous times beyond what you've been experiencing? What kind of being will you be in a few millennia? By that time, nobody will have to ask, are you a son of God? When beings, angels, humans, everybody, when they see you and hear you speak, they will know. You are a son of the living God who rules and reigns with the Almighty. 
in the eternal kingdom. <laughs> that's who you are. May not look like it now. May not feel like it now, but that's who you are. And you're headed that way. No, somebody, somebody didn't quite get that. Go to First John. Go to First John. Somebody said, that's neat. No. <laughs> it ain't neat. <laughs> it's way beyond neat. <laughs> Woo! Woo! First John 3 and 1. First John 3 and 1. Behold, what does behold mean? Look. Look. When God says look, what should you do? Look. Look at what? Look what kind of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the sons of God. We've heard that, but we don't know what that means. You hear somebody talk, some uh, person died and folks say, well, no, God needed another angel in the choir. We're not angels. <laughs> the Bible said we shall judge angels. Us are going to judge angels. New Testament said so. This is how in the world? I've already explained it. You may not be there today or next year. But you've already started on the path. What if you just kept going with what's been happening in you for another 100 years, 200, 300, 500, 1,000, 5,000? God has bestowed unprecedented love on us. I mean, compared to all the rest of his creation. No, no other being, nothing else in all history and creation and eternity gets this. We are the sons of God. The world doesn't know us. They make fun of us, reproach us, tell us we're just ignorant, need the crutch of religion. You know, because they're smart. And they know there is no God. <laughs> but one of these days. I said one of these days. Verse 2. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Not going to be after we die. Right now. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. You don't see it by looking at us right now. But we know. Somebody say, we know. We know. We're talking about seeing and knowing. We know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, like the glorious son of God, the master, Jesus. When we see him, we're going to go. <sighs> we're going to be like him. We're going to realize at that time we are made in his likeness and image. 
He is the firstborn of many brethren like him. Glory to God. For we shall what? We shall see him. We'll see him. We'll see him. But the seeing doesn't have to wait till then. We're going to see that. But we can see a whole lot of things right now and from here to there. If we have eyes to see. How many times Jesus said that, right? Him that has ears to hear. He's not talking about, you know, there are people all over the place there that had these appendages and had eardrums. What's he talking about? No. If you got a heart to hear it, if you want it, if you're willing to believe it, if you're willing to receive it, and if you're willing to do it. I know uh, some months ago, I was just thanking God for His goodness in my life. Just so far exceeded everything I ever thought already that He would do for me. And I was thanking Him and thanking Him for the Word. I was thanking Him for the people and the ministries that He's brought into our life over these, you know, 30 plus years now. And, And how many thousands of amazing faith messages and messages on healing and and being redeemed and prosperity and everything. And I was realizing there are people in the world that's never heard one good faith message. Do you know that? There's people in this planet never heard one good message on being redeemed from the curse of the law. Not one. And I thought, Lord, folks have never heard one. And I've heard all this. We've been in the middle of all this. I know you're no respecter of persons. But Lord, why me? Why was, and people like me, why were we given such access and given such bounty? And, and I didn't hear all the answer that day. But afterwards, the Lord spoke to me. He spoke to me two different times and gave me two answers about it. For one thing, he played it through my mind. One of the first messages I ever heard, and it was on being redeemed from the curse. I hadn't got over it yet. I found out I was redeemed from the curse of the law. And when I heard it, I thought, glory to God, everybody ought to know this. Everybody ought to know this. Everybody ought to know this. And so I took it to the, to the big old tape to some of my friends. I said, man, you got to hear this. you got to hear this. They said, what is it, music? I said, no, it's preaching. This is preaching on tape. Totally foreign concept to them. <laughs> it was. And uh, no, I was preaching. This is preaching on tape. Totally foreign concept to them. <laughs> it was. And uh, they said, You want me to listen to preaching on a tape? I said, Man, you got to hear this. You got to hear this. And and so I asked them the next day, what about it? They said, well, I didn't have time. I said, make time. What do you mean to have time? Listen to that. Days went by. No. Finally, a couple of weeks went by. I saw them. I said, you had not listened to it yet? They said, well, I listened to part of it. I said, part of it? They said, yeah, well, I, don't, I never heard anything quite like that. And the Lord brought it to my remembrance. How that I was excited about it. And they could care less. 
He said, I gave it to you because I knew you would value it. Glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. So we're talking about willingness and desire. He said, I gave it to you because I knew you would value it. And later on he said, and I knew you'd do something with it. Glory to God. And if you want it and you'll do something with it, you know how it works? He'll give you more. And if you do everything you know with that and you're excited about it and thrilled with it, he'll give you even more. He'll just keep adding it to you. If you ever get to where you don't appreciate it, that's where it stops. Somebody say, Lord, I love your word. I love your spirit. I love your things with all my heart. Nothing's more important to me. I value it. I treasure it. You are. Your things are. The pearl of great price. Everything to me. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you. Oh, praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Can you take a little more? Go to Romans 1. Thanks be unto God. Thanks be unto God for His precious living Word. Hallelujah. Romans 1. In the first chapter of Romans... Verse 19, the Spirit of God says through Paul, I want you to hear this like you've never heard it because there are things here you, you haven't heard. Even if you've seen things here, how many know the word's living? You, nobody's ever exhausted all the light from a verse of Scripture. There's always more because it's alive. He said, that which may be known of God is manifest in them or to them. What does manifest mean? Made known, revealed, shown. That which may be known of God is shown to them. He's already showed it. This is talking about to the ungodly. If you read the previous part of the chapter, unbelievers... God has shown what may be known of God to them. God has showed it unto them. He says it again. Now, these are people that say there is no God. <laughs> Keep reading. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. 
invisible things clearly seen. Say it out loud. Invisible things. Clearly seen. Clearly seen. Being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. This is everybody on the planet. Every religion, every culture, every race, every background, every tribe, every kindred has been shown God. The psalmist talks about that his handiwork declares the glory of God. Even in its fallen condition, the earth reveals God. It's his taste. (laughs) When you see a mountain range, that's God. When you see an ocean, the vastness, you look up in the night sky, that's Him. Everything around you is saying, I exist. I'm real. And this is what I am. Think about a puppy. Whoever thought of a puppy. <laughs> That's God. Came out of Him. I mean, see, because we've lived here for a few years, we don't see what we're seeing. If you dropped in here from another planet and you saw a zebra, You'd go, wow. Wow. That's some creature. A giraffe. An elephant. An alligator. Huh? On and on. Every tree. And every fly. But because we've been around this all our life... People can, if you want to, you can take it all for granted and just act like it got here by itself. Come on, are you listening? And people have come up with all these harebrained ideas that it did. People say, well, 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 you know, there was the Big Bang. There was evolution. Evolution is a belief. An unproven theory. If it was proven, it wouldn't be a theory. No species has ever turned into another species. Never has, never will. All species can adapt 
and modify amazingly. And as for the Big Bang, when God spoke, there may have been a Big Bang. I don't know. I wasn't there. But I know this. This amazing planet that just happens to be not too close to the sun or not too far away or not too this or not too that did not just happen through chance. You can take any amount of C4 you want to take. You can set it off in a scrap metal yard 300 billion times and never, not now, not throughout eternity, will there ever be a new Lexus sitting there. <laughs> never. Why am I saying all this? People don't see because they have chosen not to see. They have closed their eyes because they didn't want that to be the truth. Because if it is the truth, come on now, if it is the truth, it's time for them to shut up their disrespectful mouth and come bow their knee. Come on, are you listening? And serve the one who gives them breath. And they will. Every knee, every, every knee, every knee will bow and every tongue will, will confess. Everyone. Wise people do it now. <laughs> Only fools do it too late. Keep reading. Read this. It says, The invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Somebody say clearly seen. What's clearly seen? Invisible things of what? Of God. Even His, God's eternal power and Godhead are clearly seen. Where? In a flower? In a tree? In a fish? In your hand? Hmm? God is right here. Come on, are you listening? If you want to see, if you'll open your eyes, hmm? but millions, I don't care if you are hundredth generation idol worshiper, and that's all your forefathers have ever known, when you are a child and you come to know Something about right and wrong and self-awareness. God will reveal himself to you. 
Come on, are you listening? Amen. He will reveal himself and let you know that he's real. Hmm? Now, that doesn't mean that you know the gospel or that you know any of that. But if you will receive that and embrace that, he'll take you to the next step. Come on, are you listening? And if you keep going with him, he will take you to Jesus and full salvation. Come on, are you listening? And if you keep going with him, he'll take you to fullness of the spirit and authority in Jesus. Come on, are you listening? He will take you all the way into his perfect plan for your life. But at any point, whether it's in the beginning or halfway, at any point, you don't want to see it anymore then you can close your eyes. And then you can say, I don't see him. I don't see God. Where's God? Show me God. I don't see God. (laughs) I've got four degrees. I speak nine languages. Show me God. Nobody could ever show you God. Because you don't want to see God. You have closed your eyes. And so you cannot see. Keep reading. Keep reading. It says the invisible things of God from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Everything that's here, he made. Now it's been damaged and altered by the curse. But even in its fallen condition, can you imagine what it looked like when he first made it? We can't. We're going to find out. He's going to restore it all. He's going, we're going to find out. But it's his. T- you see God's taste in the earth. You see his ways. You see how he thinks. It's all here. You remember the, the wisest man of the Bible, Solomon? You know what he talked about? The Bible said he talked about trees. He talked about plants. He talked about this. He talked, why? Because God revealed himself in these. He let him see him because he had eyes to see. It's like one fellow said, he had, uh, this is many, many years ago, he'd made it out west. This is before everything was developed here to California. Never seen the Pacific Ocean. And he sat on the sand and he just sat there for hours and just looked out across. And one of the, uh, he was a minister, and one of, the, one of his helpers came and said, Brother, so and so, what, you're just sitting here so long. What do you see? He said, I see God. I see nothing but God. <laughs> if you got eyes to see, you can see him. You can see him in the morning. You can see him in the afternoon. You can see him in nature. You can see him in the Word. You can see him in other people. You can see how he's choreographing things to come your way. You can see him in provision. You can see him in the strength in your body. You can see him in the brightness of your mind. Come on, are you listening? He's everywhere. He's all around us. He's in every cell of our body. Come on, do you see him? If he says you see him, you see him. We're back to that. Come on here. If he says you know, you know. Somebody say, I see him. I see him. I see him. I see him. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. 
He's in me. He's on me. He's behind me. He's in front of me. He's all around me. I see him. I see him. I see him. Hallelujah. I see him. I see him. Somebody say, I see him. I see him. He said the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. Did you hear this? God's eternal power, the, the Godhead that whole denominations have agreed is beyond knowing and understanding. God said, no, I already showed it. It's right there in front of you. I've already revealed it all to you. My eternal power, my Godhead, I'm already show, I've been showing you since you were born, since creation existed. It's all right here. The problem is not, will God show us something? What's the issue? We open our eyes and see it. It's making the connections. I'm going to pray a prayer in just a moment. I want us to release our faith. I believe God is already working in us, in me, in you. And that immediate, beginning tonight, and in the days to come, you and I are going to make connections like we have not made before. Like synapses in the brain. We're going to make connections. And connections we haven't made, it's just going to come together. Boom, 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 boom. We're going to go, well, if that's true, then that's true, and that's true, and more. You mean that's been there all the time? Somebody say connections, connections. Revelations and connections. He went on to say, because that when they knew God, somebody say they knew God. Now, that doesn't mean they knew all about him or even were born again, but it means they, they saw something about him that they could recognize. They saw it. But when they did, what they do? They glorified him not as God, and neither were thankful. They didn't appreciate it, what he showed them. They didn't value what he showed them, and they became vain in their imaginations. And what happened to their heart? Darkened. Darkened. Darkened, obscure, besmeared, defiled. And friend, the more you ignore, and when God shows you something and you cast it aside and you had not got time for it, you don't care and you don't want to hear, the more you ignore, the darker it gets. And the blinder you become until you can't see God anywhere. And you can't hear God anywhere. And that's people decide there is no God. And the sad thing is, He's all around them. He's in their face. He's everywhere. He's trying to talk to them. But they, they're hearing, but they're not hearing. And they're seeing, but they're not seeing. That's not us. That's not you. That's not me. We have eyes to see. We have ears that hear. We have a heart that discerns. And God's taking us up into another level of seeing and hearing and knowing. 
And the things we've been seeing and hearing but not recognizing, we're going to start to recognize. We're going to begin to put it together. Stand on your feet, everybody. Players and singers, would you come? Let's lift up your hands and begin to thank the Lord. Father, we worship you. Tell him you thank him for everything he's shown you. Everything he's revealed to you. Oh, God, we're so thankful. We're so appreciative of what you have shown to us, what you've made known to us. Oh, we thank you. It's precious to us. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.